The creepy clowns are coming to the South Coast, or they're already here. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We talked about the clown epidemic, these clowns popping up all over the country, and now they've invaded the South Coast. We'll discuss that, plus a whole bunch more of paranormal topics as we head into episode 474 of Spooky South Coast. It starts right now. South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, Stephanie Burke off tonight, and a little bit of an extended version of the theme song there, because Moniz just found out his headphones weren't working. He's only been here for like 20 minutes, like, oh, let me put them on right now, see if they work. Sorry. It's, it happens all the time in this studio, you never know, it's it's kind of like a grab bag, that's why you gotta get, you've been doing this for 10 years, why don't you have your own headphones yet? Well, I had them and I keep leaving them at home in my gear bag. You really want to wear community property? You've seen some of the people that work here. Look at us. I know. That's why I wear my own because I'm afraid of the infection. See, when the zombie apocalypse happens, Monies, it's going to happen from sharing headphones. That's why everybody's like, oh, you see all the kids on the bus. Here, grab one of my earbuds and we'll listen to this together. No, that's how it starts. You put somebody else's earbud in your ear and that's it. You are infected. You know I've been you know, looking for the zombie apocalypse to start, right? I know you. You've been saving up and waiting. He. Uh, that's why. That's why you bought the tank. Yeah. Which I don't know how you park around that thing down there, but you pull it off. You pull it off well. Well, we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. You can join in all the fun with us by checking out our live streaming video. On Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com or on our YouTube channel, uh, you can see the studio there on the webcams. You can join in the chat room. You can get involved with the conversation there. You can also tweet us at SpookySC or just use the hashtag SpookyLive. And you can also call us because we have the technology. 508 996 those are the ways to get in touch with us throughout the course of the night during the show. We are in paranormal Christmas season, the Halloween season. It's October. Last week we had our Bridgewater Triangle investigation show, and we announced our Bridgewater Triangle event for the first time ever. The Spooky South Coast crew is taking you into the Bridgewater Triangle, and it's happening on November 5th. And if you check out the 
Spooky South Coast events page on our website, you can see that we have stuff planned every weekend now for the next, what, four or five weeks. So we have next week, which I'm going to let you know about in just a moment, we have a special event that we are putting on with the radio station. Then the week after that, we have our S.K. Pierce Mansion investigation that's sold out. Then the weekend after that, we'll be at Fort Tabor in New Bedford. And i, I got to tell you, if you're thinking about going to that event, please buy your tickets now because I have to go in front of the city park board coming up and I have to give them a significant amount of money for us to be able to have that event. And if I don't raise the money, we might have to cancel the event. So we need people to buy it. We've only sold a few so far. How many do you need? Uh, we'll get into that off the air. I don't want to discuss the business end of it. Because I don't know if the city would want... The city's giving us a little bit of a deal, but it's still not enough of a deal. So yeah. we gotta get we got to get the ball rolling on that. Uh, and then, of course, November 5th, we will be at the four different sites inside the Bridgewater Triangle all in one night, including the Keith House, which was built in 1662. So I always love going to the Faring Tavern because that was built in 1690. This place has almost 30 years on that place, so... Uh, it should be one heck of a night. Whoa, we're, 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 we're high up there. I feel like I should have uh, wore something a little more slimming <laughs> on that wide shot there. I apologize for those of you watching at home. I'm like, oh, Tim's a fat ass. Yeah, kind of. So, But I'll be doing a lot of walking <laughs> with these events coming up. Uh, so uh, I'll probably shed some pounds before Thanksgiving for a change instead of the other way around. Uh, but we will be talking about the event that's coming up next week with the... With the um, with the radio station, it's going to be one of our face your fears nights. It's going to be next Saturday. All right, I'll just tell you about it right now. <laughs> Last year we did face your fears night at Fort Tabor, and we did two of them, and it was a rousing success. Uh, we had a lot of fun, but we also had some pretty cool experiences as well. Well, we're going to go to another fort. Coming up next Saturday night. This year we're haunting historic Fort Adams in Newport, Rhode Island. That's happening next Saturday at 7 p.m. The spooky crew will lead you on an investigation through the fort and across the grounds. And there's a disclaimer here. They warn you. This event is not for the faint of heart. You'll be walking around in the dark, sometimes through treacherous terrain. So if you want to get your tickets now, just go to WBSM.com to get your tickets for Face Your Fears Night at Fort Adams. That's the only place where you can, well, it's not the only place. You can go to WBSM.com or Fun107.com, but those are the only places where you can get tickets to next Saturday night's event at Fort Adams in Newport, Rhode Island. I have never been to Fort Adams. Monies, have you been down there? Been by it, never really been in it. I've never explored it. I've never been down there to take a tour. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. I do know the paranormal history of it. It was built, I believe, in 1799. And one of the main ghost stories uh, involved there involved uh, there was a 4th of July celebration one year early in the fort's history. And one private shot another private while they were celebrating. Uh, apparently they'd had too much to drink and one shot the other one. There was also a woman who died under mysterious circumstances on the property. And there's numerous other ghosts and spirits that are reported. People report being pushed and poked. They have rocks thrown at them. Ghost Hunters was there, I believe, last year. Uh, so there's been quite a bit of paranormal activity that's happened there over the years. And we are going to try and 
take you out to experience some of that next week for Face Your Fears Night. Again, just go to WBSM.com if you want to get the tickets and get them fast because there's only a limited amount and they're pushing the heck out of this event on both this station and Fun 107 starting on Monday. So you want to make sure that you get in there and get those tickets before they go to everybody else. Uh, so again, just go to WBSM.com for that. Now there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks about clowns. We had clown sightings here on the South Coast. People are terrified of these clowns. We have no idea why people are dressing up as clowns and just milling about. We've heard stories about, you know, sometimes they're acting in a threatening manner. Most times they're not. And I don't even know if I believe all these stories of them acting in a threatening manner. But somebody's out there, and for whatever reason, they're giving clowns a bad name. And we here at Spooky South Coast, we're very good friends with a clown. Probably the South Coast's most famous clown. And so we welcome him on the air. Let's bring on Chuckles the Clown. Good evening, Chuckles. Is this you? Good evening. This is me. Well, and I have to say that I've read some of your Facebook posts, and this is really kind of, you know, you're a happy guy. You're a happy clown, but this is really kind of weighing on you quite a bit. Oh, it is. It's definitely taking money away. Uh, it's... It's quite frankly, it's stupid um, to be the the uh, advocator of the clowns. Um, I'm not only a good clown, but I'm also an evil clown. Come around now, because that's how I make my money. Mm-hmm. Well, people are afraid of clowns. It's like the number three phobia. Um, I think this is all political uh, media ploy to get over such things like the new movie It, and also, of course. Uh, you have 1031, which is Rob Zombie's horror flick. So I think it's the media trying to shove this down our, our throat um, personally. Well, I mean, you say that, you know, this time of year you're an evil clown, but it's we can kind of tell when we're around you, and we've seen you at a lot of these, you know, these horror things, these paranormal things. You know, it it it's sticks. To a, to a strong degree, and, and if you ever really scare anybody, and if they ever, if you if they ever feel like you've gone too far, you always make sure you pull them aside and explain to them, I'm just I'm really a good clown, a nice clown, and I'm just trying to scare you. You know, you you are always very uh, aware of the fact that people do have this phobia, and you don't prey upon it. You more you play with it more than anything else. True, that is very true. Um, you have to know it's like the old saying, how to use a light switch. You know, turn them off the scare and turn on the clown um it's like that with little kids uh a lot of folks like to torment and scare little kids well little kids are my customers so if i torment and scare them they're going to want nothing to do with me in 10 years but if i entertain them like a real clown would and in 10 years they come down to one of the haunted houses i work at well then i'm supposed to scare you there uh that's what i get paid to do uh, I started off doing the scary stuff, scaring people. That's primarily what I do when I'm on television. I premiere a, a uh, scary clown. Um, but if it comes down to it, I have been known to throw on the happy clown paint and just sit there and, and uh, paint kiddos' faces, juggle, do magic tricks. And what clowns do, they're supposed to make you happy. We're not supposed to scare you. Uh, if we do scare you, well, then something scares everybody. Uh, and these idiots out there buying masks at spirits and throwing them over their faces and going out pretending they're clowns, uh, they don't realize uh, that they're actually hurting 
the people that actually do this for a living. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is they're not really being clowns because being a clown involves the performance and involves the skill, you know, the learning, the technique and all that to be able to, to, to express that entertainment to people. They, they're just wearing the mask because they're trying to be representative of a clown. So they're not actually, you know, it'd be one thing if they were were actual clowns, but they're not. They're just, you know, I'm assuming uh, people who are trying to make some sort of a statement by dressing up as a clown, which is basically just bastardizing what it is that you do for their own means. Oh, it definitely is. And, you know, a lot of the folks that I work with are, they play a clown once a year at the haunt, and then it comes off. Right? They don't do what I do all year round, but they enjoy playing it at this time of year. Uh, they're not, so... If you want to do that sort of thing and go out there and scare people, then go to a haunted house. <laughs> I mean, they're out there. See which ones are hiring you, a charity one. Throw the clown mask on and scare someone. You're supposed to do that there. Uh, going up inside someone's yard, not so good. Uh, that's how you get into problems and everything. I have never, ever chasing someone into their public property or anything that's on side of there. If you're at a con and I am there, and you know this, and I know you're scared of me, I will to a point, but I will back off. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's people in there that are coming to enjoy the con. They paid money to get in the door. I don't want to chase them out there. And personally, it, it's not safe to be doing that. Uh, you're in a crowd of people. I have been doing what I have been doing for about 10 years. And I have performed in some of the scariest neighborhoods in Providence. Uh, some of these neighborhoods are ones that uh, I wouldn't go down even if I wasn't in clown gear. Uh, but the money is there. But now, if I go up to Providence, I have certain folks threatening to run me over. Well, and that's what I want. That's what I'm most concerned about is the fact that I'm seeing, you know, these people who are dressing as clowns. They are not making overt threats toward people, but yet people are responding. And I'm seeing a lot of these posts. You know, if a clown shows up in my neighborhood, he better be prepared to get shot on sight. And people are threatening violence against these clowns for no reason. It, does this scare you now to 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 go out and and try and make a living as you always have as a clown? Are you worried for your own safety and for that of your friends? No, not at all. Uh, yesterday was actually the first day that I showed up as Chuck in Chuckles gear at a haunt, and of course I got the, uh, you know the, the 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 name calling and you know are you the one that's going to take me into the woods and whatnot? I just stayed in character and gave it back to them. Mm -hmm. uh, all the the threats and everything, so I, I wasn't really worried because uh, it's just a lot of people talking trash out their mouth. I mean, everybody says they're going to do something, but until I see that something, I I'm not very worried about it at all. I mean, that shooting, uh, that was a hoax. Uh, I hope that no more of that comes up and it actually becomes a real, realistic thing because it it's a form of hatred, what it comes down to. Uh, and to hate someone for their job and what they do because of some other kids ruining it, it's no better than what we're doing right now when we're hurting or hating people on certain races or certain religions uh, because of that one bad person. And, and that's kind of my theory on this is, you know, I, I haven't found anything to back this up online, but I've been thinking uh, in my own mind that I think that these clowns are supposed to be representative of, and, and just go with me on this, people, I'm not, 
doing this in any derogatory way, but I think clowns are supposed to be indicative of black people. That basically it is standing up and saying, you know, you are making a preconceived judgment on us based on the way that we look, and you're not bothering to get to know us. So we don't have any bad intentions. We're just out there, and we look like this, but yet you fear us for no reason. So I almost wonder if it's some sort of underground statement uh, toward the racial strife in this country. I owe, I, you know what, you said that, and it really, really hit home because I was thinking the same thing, that this came about to take away from what the true problem is going on right now. Uh, someone planted that seed so it would take you away from all these wars that are happening out there, and, and uh, oh, my God, now we have to hate clowns, never mind the fact that, you know, there's a hurricane that knocked over 90 buildings down in Florida or the fact that, uh, this racial hatred stuff is still going on in certain areas of the country. They're trying to get away from it and shove it back under the rug. So they go for an escape goat. And what better escape goat than a clown? I mean, everybody hates us. So it's like, it's not, uh, it's not enough, something new. I mean, this happened in the 80s too, but the only difference in the 80s, we didn't have this thing called Facebook or, uh, the media where the public got on it so well. It was more word of mouth. Uh, so there's nothing new. Uh, it's, it's just an old rumor that resurfaced, and it's, it's spread like wildfire. And as you said, you know, it's affecting you in terms of being able to make money. I'm sure it's affecting a lot of clowns who go out there and do a lot of this work for charity. Uh, I can only imagine that as these stories are spreading around schools and, and amongst the younger generation, clowns are walking into hospital wards, and instead of bringing smiles and joy, they're inciting fear by, by no fault of their own. It's true. Uh, yesterday, I, after I was done doing I was was working, uh, we went to a, a local restaurant. And this restaurant is usually very kind to me. The waitress staff still is when I walked in the door. So I walked in the door because I don't take my gear off till I get home. I don't need to. Uh, I walked in the door. There was a couple people that said, hey, I know who you are. I watch your show. I want your pictures. But there was this one woman that came inside. She saw me, and she goes, how can you be dressed like that? That's offensive. What? My, what? How am I offensive? I'm like, I'm a clown. How is that offensive? This, there's, there's no racial hatred signs on me. There's no upside down crosses on me. Like, how is this offensive? Just because you're too stupid to realize what's going on on, in front of you is fake. And they're trying to get a rise out of you. And the ones that are actually doing this, they're not clowns. They're stupid teenagers playing pranks. Right. So who's the offense? Not me. But she was offended. She wouldn't even sit by me. And it, it fell back to that old uh, racist statement, put the guy in the back of the bus. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, I just keep making that connection in my mind. But, uh, you know, I know that you've only, we only have you for a few minutes, but uh, getting to happier uh, ideas and happier thoughts, how can people check out Chuckles and Laughs? Well, if you're in the Rhode Island area, which uh, I think this is a Massachusetts number, right, but it's podcasts through Rhode Island, too? Oh, we're all over the world. This, this show is right, global. So- so if you're in, if you want to watch us all over, we are on YouTube. We're on the Chuckles, the letter N, Last Show. And if you're looking, we also have a website, Chuckles and Last Show, um, dot com. But if you're in the Rhode Island area, Monday nights at 10 p.m., channel 13, statewide. That's how you can get a hold of us. Uh, and that's the best way to do it. 
So hopefully uh, this clown thing blows over uh, for, you know, whatever reason it's happening. Hopefully it goes away and you can get back to the business of, of just clowning around and making people laugh when appropriate and scaring people when appropriate. You got it. Let me tell you something. There's something scarier than me out there. It's called Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. <laughs> if you guys aren't afraid of that, then uh, there's something wrong. We got one wearing clownish pantsuits and the other one painted bright orange. So Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about moving to Canada already. <laughs> well, uh, if you do, send us some Molson. So. We will. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Chuckles. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Have an evil night. <laughs> All right. That is Chuckles the Clown. And, again, you can check him out. The Chuckles and Laugh Show. Uh, Matt Costa, I know that you're a big fan of right. the show. And, uh, and you know, I'm not afraid of clowns. I've never been afraid of clowns. No. Not even when I was a little kid do I remember being afraid. I was afraid of this clown lamp that was in my room. But that's a whole different story. But when a clown came up to me, I was never afraid of it. You know, I always saw it for what it was. It was... Somebody who was supposed to make me laugh. More often than not, I probably rolled my eyes and groaned at some of the, the clown's jokes, but that's part of the appeal of the clown. You know, that's part of what it is. But, I mean, I, I know I know you're not afraid of clowns, Matt. Matt Moniz, I've never heard you say anything about being afraid of them. No, when I was a teenager, I actually got to help work in a circus, so... <laughs> Was it? Uh, I'm not surprised, actually. <laughs> I'm not surprised by the statement whatsoever. I say, was it uh, Pee Wee Circus from uh, Big Top Pee Wee? No, was... you weren't the hairy dog boy. No, that was actually Benicio del Toro. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, no, I just wound up helping set up the cages for the animals, and you know, they put you inside yeah. to make sure they were sturdy enough. That was a summer job. So, like, if he can get out, then the then the lion can. So, no, it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> but, no, but. I actually got to hang out with a lot of the people that were clown performers. They're actually pretty cool people. I can imagine. I mean, you're dedicating your life to, you know, trying to make others happy, trying to make others, you know, at least laugh for a few moments. And I can tell you, like, when you're in front of a crowd and you get laughs, it's a great feeling. So not only is it good for them, the audience, but it's good for you as a person because... When you go out there and you hit something and you nail it and everybody's laughing, then, you know, you feel like you've got them in the palm of your hand, like you can do anything. Uh, you know, just in the stage show that we do, I get a couple of laughs in one of my story. Originally, were unintentional. I never meant to get these laughs, but it every time it, it gets chuckles. No, no pun intended. So I do it. You're just being a bozo. And now, I know, I'm just clowning around. But I just now, Mark had the best advice. If a clown attacks, you go for the juggler. <laughs> but the, uh, Mark Holocusius gets full credit for that. But, uh, you, you, you feel that, you know, it, it's an adrenaline rush to do that. So I understand why clowns do what they do and why they want to kind of perform in that manner. I want to go back to what I was saying to Chuckles though, because the more I think about this, the more I'm thinking, I can't, there's, Two explanations for this, as far as I can tell. One, a couple of these reports got out, as they have in the past, but because we now live in the social media age, the story takes off even more. It has even more legs, and there's a number of people out there who are just looking to be part of something, just looking to be subversive or just looking to uh, get a rise out of people or whatever. So they're the ones that are putting on these clown masks and going out there and doing this just because it gets a reaction out of people. I think that that's probably one possibility and probably the most likely scenario. But I also do think that this could be 
an allegory, an illusion for the racial situation in this country right now. Because think about it. You have people who are riled up about this when these clowns have done nothing to incite fear except show up looking like clowns. And so I said it this morning on the radio. It's no different than the old woman in the store who clutches her purse a little tighter when the young black kid walks by her. It's no different than the people who don't get out of their car on the side street until the group of black teenagers walks by. You're making this judgment based on the fact that you're afraid of them because of the way that they look. Well, there's also a history. I'll give you one name, John Wayne Gacy. But that is a situation where, you know, clowns weren't scary. I mean, clowns were scary to people before that, but we didn't use it as this horror icon until that situation. Okay. You know what I mean? So if you were afraid of a clown before that, it was because you were just afraid of clowns. The same thing now. You're just afraid of them because you're afraid of them. They haven't done anything. Clowns weren't threatening to kill you until John Wayne Gacy. So if you had that fear, and it was just after that is what insane clown posse and juggalos. I, I wouldn't put them in this no, category it, though because that is gimmick more right. than anything. Um, and I, you know, I've gotten to know some people who knew the insane clown posse before they hit it big, and basically said they're just two dorks that. Were looking to make money and, and they found a shtick. Yeah, and they were hustling CDs out of the trunk of their car, and you know this is what took off for them. You so make you know, the same argument for Kiss too, for that matter. Right, exactly. It's just the same thing. It's just a performance. Now, I I used to like Insane Clown Posse. I thought they got ridiculous over time, but I I like that Great Malenko album. I was telling my yep. son this, this this evening about it. You know, I great Malenko. I drove around listening to it in 1998 or whatever. <laughs> but the the fact is. Like I said, these clowns haven't done anything yet. But what bothers me about this is I think that the police are probably keeping some of this under wraps so as not to incite fear amongst the public. You know, we've seen some of these press releases that have come out uh, from the local police departments. Matt, you were you and I were talking about the other night, I think. Um, One person was actually arrested recently locally, I thought. Dartmouth or something. Was it a true story, though? Because here's, there's a lot of stuff. We've we've heard a lot of uh, rumors about people getting shot, people getting attacked, things like that. No, I mean, like, the person was arrested, I think it was locally. And I can't be sure if it was a a bona fide news service. I thought it was actually... Well, if it was, it was... Well, that's the thing. There's so many stories that it just gets clouded, and you create this, like, this fear in your head, basically. Like, um... You know, we we got into this with the news department here at the station because, you know, Taylor is the news director and and he doesn't really want to give any credence to these clown stories. But it's something that people are talking about. Uh, Arrested for a felony in Fall River. Well, for they were already looking for him for a felony. I think what happened was he's dressed as a clown and... They said, hey, who are you? And, and they ran his name and... Had a felony. Okay. So it, it wasn't... I mean, he got caught because he was a clown because he already had committed some other crime. He didn't commit a crime as a clown, which I think is the issue. I, I'm i reading it from what people are putting up here. I just remember seeing a brief story about it, but I was a little busy and didn't get well, a chance. Well, mm-hmm. you've got a computer. Google's your friend. 
you can you I'm can look it up. I'm more of a guy, but you can look it up. Uh, but the the fact is, uh, you know, all these stories that we're hearing do turn out to be nothing more than rumors. Okay, so there was a clown outside Mark Anthony's pizza the other night. People caught a picture of it. It went around social media. Fine, it was a guy in a clown mask outside Mark Anthony's. Right, it's not illegal to be in a clown mask. Right, there's no law against it. That's that's the thing, and I think that's the point. That's the point behind this is. Like, you can't just stop and frisk a clown because somebody's wearing a clown mask. You can't just stop and frisk somebody because they're black. The correlation, I think that's what they're trying to make. That, you, I, I think that's a reach. You think that's a reach? No, I think, I, I understand that that is a way another person can interpret it but i don't think that's what they're you out think, there be, you think I being think, this organized for that reason is a reach like yeah. being able to pull this off all right I, I can buy into that but um because especially because if that was the case it would be turning up on the internet there would, would have to be messing and there would be holding signs and there would be other political things to but go but it along could with it could also be something that's planned to ramp up as we get closer to halloween closer i wouldn't to the election. be surprised now that everybody's talking about it can get hijacked by other people you know taking it over and but if it, it if it was a movement like that if it was like an occupy type movement you would see message boards and internet right. chatter about it and and the authorities right. would be on that and they would have already i think i think they would have released that so as to calm the public's fears I, a little I, bit i think the people are right that this is more a marketing gimmick i think this is a type of guerrilla advertising for for the movies coming out and stuff like that, that makes makes sense. Say people have done I, that. I kind think of it might have before. started out as that, but I think, th- and then people caught on to it, and right because there's so many articles about it. There's we're talking about it right now. This is a, the the second show we've kind of dedicated to it. Uh, people jump onto viral trends. It's almost like, and the same thing with the fear of clowns. I think a lot of people are say that they're afraid of clowns when they're really not. It's like. Not about bacon, cats. Right. I mean, clowns can creep uh, you out and and, and make you feel uncomfortable, but it's different than being terrified. Well, the Fall River case can be found in an article on uh, NECN. Okay, and and it was was a felony that was committed Uh, previously. I didn't get to read the whole thing. All right, well, we'll we'll read that during the course of the show, and we'll make sure uh, we, you know, we want to be factual and and make sure that we have all the information uh but you know the the rumor that matt and i are talking about was you know the that they were supposedly seen around the jc penny holding machetes you start holding weapons then that's a crime yeah you can't just stand outside jc penny at wareham crossing holding machetes right but uh where they it, it did that get blown um i guess blown out of proportion or exaggerated was it actually a machete or was it like a fake you like you don't know, and then yeah. you just you put two and two together in your head. Well, that's the thing. We live in an era where everybody has a freaking camera in their pocket. Mm-hmm. So you saw clowns holding a machete outside J.C. Penney, and you didn't think to take out your phone and take a picture. But you had your phone on you to be able to go on to Facebook and say, "Hey, right now there's clowns outside J.C. Penney carrying machetes." Right, because I mean, you can you can buy some pretty realistic things from uh, a Halloween shopper. It's well, actually cheaper to go buy a real machete than it is to buy a fake one. It is, it is, because I, I think I've done that. Uh, <laughs> right. You have. You're, right. I, you've shown up with real machetes. Right, because they're like $3.44 at Walmart. Right. I said to you, is that a real machete? And you said, yeah, I'm not spending 12 bucks for a plastic machete. I just bought the real thing for half yeah. that. But so that, that's the thing is I think it's easy to... Just as, as you can say, people are jumping on this and wanting to get all, get involved in this because... 
it's it's trendy, it's underground, it's it's buzzworthy. People are talking about it. I think people want to have a clown experience for the same reason. So I think you're getting a lot of these blown out of proportion stories, a lot of these rumors. So it can't just be, oh, I was walking down the street and I saw a guy that it looked like he might have been dressed as a clown. It turns into I was driving down the street and this guy dressed as a clown jumped on my windshield and started trying to hack into my car with a machete. You know, that's people just are naturally going to fish story this to the point where, you know, they want to have the more profound experience than somebody else has had. So that's going to just keep building it up. But I think the biggest problem around all of this is the clown hatred. And, you know, no offense to Chuckles and and, and his colleagues and what they do, but I'm not talking about anger toward those clowns. Because I think most common, sane, rational people would look at a table full of people that have just come from a haunted attraction – and some of them addressed those clowns and said, okay, this is like a, a, a costume thing. This is a little bit different. I'm talking about when the stupid teenage kid buys a, a clown mask at Walmart and decides to walk around his neighborhood wearing that clown mask to be whatever, and some guy takes a shot at him. I'm surprised. Or somebody beats him up. Yet. Oh, I'm surprised somebody hasn't been, you know, either run over, shot, or... At least Clubbed just to death, yeah. At least but wearing for wearingness. Not even to the extreme of death, but at least you know roughed up a little bit, you know. And well, when you run over by a car or shot, they. <laughs> I, I have a. I I went out the other day because you know we're doing this event. We're doing this uh, face your fears night next Saturday night. You can get your tickets at wbsm dot com, and so I was trying to come up with ways to create create some sort of video that would be that would capture people's attention. So it as all my great ideas did, it came to me in the shower. And I said, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna buy a Walmart I'm gonna go to Walmart, buy a clown mask, and I'm gonna make a video of a clown and it's gonna say, This creepy clown is gonna tell you how he's gonna scare the South Coast and I started off the video wearing the clown mask, filmed it in my basement, and then I pull it off and I know, but I'm just telling you for the listeners that might not have seen it i pull the mask off and i explain what the event is and it was just a way to kind of play on the on the viral trend Uh, but i went to walmart to buy the mask and people were looking at me like why are you buying a clown mask there was only two left in the entire store and the woman's like we had like 40 of those masks at the beginning of the week but they're all gone now and i said well who's been coming in and buying them and she says you know it's all different types of people. It's not like I can tell you just teenagers are coming in here and buying them. So already you're getting these looks from people just for buying a clown mask. Now, I probably should have diverted attention by buying a few more things instead of just grabbing a clown mask and going through the line. But, you know, I explained to everybody what it was for and what I was doing. But that's people are on heightened alert about clowns. And that just, to me, that just seems like it's too much of an allegory to being on heightened alert because of racial tensions. But maybe that's just me. Well, I'm not seeing it as racial. I'm seeing it more as, um, you, have you seen Judging them? people based on their appearance? No, uh, I see it more as people using it to mask themselves. And more in, uh, I tend to look at it as a modern day inaction of the purge. You remember the movie The Purge? Right. And well, that, it's not, that's I mean, what, modern day. I mean, it's, it's only a couple of years ago. Well, Actually, it took place in the future, too, didn't it? Yeah. All right, now we're getting all kinds of time travel mess-ups in my That's mind. what I was trying to refer. It's like, is this something like 
like that, people trying to mask themselves, not so much as a racial thing, but uh, to literally hide behind the mask. Well, then that would just be straight fear-mongering. Right. And if that's the case, if that's what it's for, then it should get shut down immediately. But I just think it's going to be something where, first of all, it's, it, I mean, I would I would like to think that no matter what, it's going to fade away after Halloween, just because there's going to be less access to that kind of stuff. And it's a lot colder. <laughs> That's true. But I think there was a recent article um, with Lauren Coleman where he was saying that yeah. these things happen every every few years, and they always tend to drop off after Halloween, November, when it starts to get colder and nobody wants to go outside. And but it hasn't been like this in the past. I don't. I don't think it's been this viral. No. I mean, we can talk about you know like the the clowns driving the white vans in the eighties, but Here's a lot your of the reason why it's more right, viral. It's it's because of the fact that it's it's being spread through social media. It's being spread through the internet. Right. But I I just I don't think it's ever reached this proportion before ever. Well, I remember as as a kid growing up in the eighties. You know, uh, we had. But like, you talked more about clowns driving vans and people actually saw clowns driving in vans it became an urban legend very quickly yeah and it became a story far more than it was an actual fact you know now we live in an era where we can prove that it's actual fact and even then i'm probably only seeing actual fact for about 65 70 percent of these reports if you know if the, and, and just the fact that some of the stories I'm seeing online. The other day I had to chase a story about whether or not two Dartmouth elementary schools went into lockdown because clowns were seen outside. Four people were talking about it on my Facebook page. And I had to contact Dartmouth town officials to find out if it was true or not. You know, And then I had to go back and tell these families that, no, the school wasn't in lockdown. But they're like, but my kid said that it was, you know, and it doesn't like it could just be kids going to school and say to another kid, right. hey, the rumor mill. Yeah. Somebody saw a clown outside and we're in lockdown right now because it's easy to think you're in lockdown because you can't walk out of the school anyway. Yeah. So it just becomes an easy, right. you know, uh, it becomes something that can just catch fire very quickly. It's like little Johnny in math class. He's like, I heard it from uh, Joe Smo and history class and he heard it from this person who right. heard it at gym class then, yeah the telephone game right, exactly in, yeah and, and and his uncle's on the school committee so it's got to be true <laughs> all right well we have a call here that's been waiting patiently you can call in at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 the chat room is on fire on spooky tv on youtube and on SpookySouthCoast.com, so you can join in there as well. But uh, we do prefer the good old-fashioned telephone method, too. Speaking of the telephone game, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Yeah, these clown sightings, it's a big joke. It's a bunch of bull. 99% of these are fake. Actually, I found out that there's an app that people can report them. And what happened, what's happening is everyone reporting anonymously on the app. One was cited here, one was cited there. It, it's, it's a joke. I know they were cited at local college, supposedly. It was fake. There was no eyewitnesses. If you actually trace back to the beginning, I think it was down in Georgia where it started, <clears throat> people weren't given descriptions. Oh, well, uh, this, this person down the road said they saw them, and then they told my daughter, it's a bunch of bull. Right, right after the, the uh, photo for Pennywise was released, the actor, it's mm-hmm. all started up. It's all hype. That's do, you, all it is. do you know the name of the app? I don't know. I've been trying to find that out, looking for it. But I know there's an app that 
it's being reported. I do not know the name of it. Yeah, it's probably one of those things where you have to go directly to the site to download it. It's not up on, like, the Google Play Store or anything. But yep. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly, I mean, it does, that, that photo did come out conveniently just a short time before all these sightings started, so, you know, but both, you know, both productions, both film productions have denied having any involvement in this, but would they really come forward and say it if it was a viral marketing plan? Wouldn't they want to come, wouldn't they want to keep that air of secrecy around it? No, because the mystique is better. So the mystique is better. We don't have anything to do with it. It builds up hype, and that's all that's happening. Now, you're gonna get, actual sightings because every moron is going to go out there with a knife and a mask to try to perpetuate it. That's all that's going to happen. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. Thanks. Have a good night. And if, uh, if anybody does know about that app and you want to let us know, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And that's true. I mean, if, if either production, either the Rob Zombie film or the new version of It, had anything to do with this. They're, they're loving it, probably. Yeah, you would not want to come out and say, oh, yeah, we'd started this as a viral campaign, because the point of a viral campaign is for them to not know that it was you. You know, the point of this is to let it seep out there into the general public and create a buzz without you having right, to... Especially if um, there's people, like, getting hurt and arrested and things like that. They're, that's yeah. They're that's not, when you would have to come forward, right, because or then there's going to be some lawsuits involved, right? Distance or, yourself further. So, what do you think? Um, should we should we all just go dressed up as clowns and maybe we'll just walk maybe. around and see what happens? I, I found hell no. I'd be scared to death. The creepy but. clown tracker was that like in the Play Store or no? It's a uh, just an article about it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I. Trust this website to download it. But. I need you to download that and just let me know if there's any in the neighborhood right now. <laughs> we'll just grab. Imagine them. that it's like a, it's it's like Pokemon Go. Except yeah. that's I think that's what it is. Creepy clan, creepy clan Go. I think that's what it is. I think it's you know, uh, although uh, you know Pokemon Go, they 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 block you from being able to use things that help you find it. But imagine if you could just open your phone and be like, "There's a clown right behind me." People do it with ghost hunting apps all the time, right? Look up clown radar. Oh God! See if that's one. Somebody's going to invent that app. You just gave it to him. If <laughs> I want, I want some. Uh, I want a cut of that. There's probably going to be like a. Uh, you know how there's that that running game, the zombie running game. Yeah, it's like it, supposed to help you help you exercise. Yeah, because you see zombies. zombies yeah. Probably do the same thing with clowns. Which I guess that would be a good motivator. Would you dress as a clown for Halloween with all this stuff going on? Um, I wouldn't because I would think it was it would be lame because there's so many other people. That's true. That's true. I tend to uh, not want to do what other people want to do. I understand. Or I try to, which is why I would suspect right, it's that you like, would it's like, not want to dress up like. It'd a be the same thing if like uh, you, I don't know, dress up as like Superman and then it's, show up to a party and then it's like, oh, we have two Supermans now. No, you know what this would be? This would be like the Halloween. This would be like going to the Halloween store. And either buying a Donald Trump or a Hillary Clinton mask. <laughs> you know, it's like you didn't put any thought into it. You just grabbed it because it was on the shelf. And you're like, I got a blue suit at home. I can just wear that. Uh, I think we have another call here on the line. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Yes. Uh, I was watching uh, Fox 25 yesterday, News in the Morning. 
And there was this man who was arrested. He had a clown mask, and he was following the school bus and scaring all the kids. That, that was the that was actually the father of That's one of the right. kids that That's was on the right. bus. Okay, just wondering if you didn't hear about it. Yep. Yep, and uh, and he really didn't really have any ex- explanation as to why he was doing it except no. to scare his kids. No. Okay. All right. Thank you Bye-bye. very much. Yeah, that was a weird story uh, that that came out yesterday where. Uh, I guess the the dad was talking with the kids about it and decided to scare them and put on a clown mask and chase after the buses that went down the street. So apparently you're not supposed to chase a school bus. Now, in New Bedford, what was a couple of days ago, they had helicopters searching for somebody that supposedly tried to do a home invasion. And I recall somebody saying that he had a clown mask on. I I didn't hear about that. I would say... See, so you got to be careful here because you hear about this and you just start talking about it and people take it as fact when it could just be rumor mill again. You know what I mean? No, that, because I had friends that were talking about the helicopter circling. and Right, but you've got to show me the story. you got to show me the news story. Well, for, I got the news story for the guy that was arrested. Which, by the way, which, by the, way uh, the uh, I, I've, I've been attacked on Saturday morning from some callers who said that, uh, you know, you just can't get behind this microphone and say things because people take it as fact and they accept it as being actual hard news because we're saying it over this microphone. And I just need to reiterate, as we're talking about all this stuff, you know, we're, we're just talking speculation, conjecture. This is not hard news. Hard news would come out of that other room and it would be from one of the trusted news sources here at the station, from a Jim Phillips, from a Taylor Cormier, from a Dan McCready. You know, one of our news people are the ones that give us news. Behind this microphone, we do speculate, and we do talk about topics, and we do kick things around. That's the idea behind it. So certainly don't take anything that we're saying at face value. Absolutely go out and do your own research uh, and make sure that that's the case. And I will just say this before we take a break for the news in case we get off the subject of clowns coming up in the next hour. Anybody that is dumb enough to be going out there and doing this right now, don't carry a weapon. Not even to look menacing. Not even to look scary. Don't even carry a fake weapon. Don't intentionally try to scare people. If you're going to dress as a clown to make some kind of a statement or to make some kind of an impact, I I, I can't stop you from doing it. But all I can ask is that you don't do anything stupid that's going to end up getting you hurt and getting other people into trouble as well. Because it is only a matter of time before this turns out. You get other people hurt, too. They run in a way, trip over something, fall into something. Driving down the road, see you, veer off the road. This is going to turn into there will be clown hunting mobs that are going around. If this continues, I'll say if uh, clown masks or clown suits or anything is anything like a gorilla suit, they're pretty dangerous to run in. Which, by the way, I've that, felt, <laughs> that made me think of what your Halloween costume should be for this year. Yeah, you have to be Harambe. <laughs> you have to be. You already have the gorilla suit, and I could buy uh, something over there. And yep. yep. And but the other thing I was thinking of too is you could get like a a, a doll, like a human <laughs> child, and just attach it to your leg. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But then somebody's gonna, I would somebody never, might take a shot at you. What What happens if I want to go, ever want to go to the Cincinnati Zoo again? They'll never let me in. <laughs> Why would you want to go there? They killed Harambe. <laughs> we are all Harambe. We are. 
All right, well, we are just about out of time for this hour, but we'll come back after the news with some more paranormal discussion. Uh, during the break, if you want to go and pick up your tickets for Face Your Fear Night 2016, happening next Saturday night at historic Fort Adams in Newport, Rhode Island, then all you have to do is go to WBSM.com. Uh, go there and get the tickets before they're gone. If you can't make it to that and you want to go to some of our other great events that are coming up, SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the events page. You will get a calendar listing there of all of the great stuff that we have coming up. Do we Have we added Face Your Fear Night to that calendar? Um, we're gonna. I we're believe gonna, so. If not, we'll we'll do that at some point. But you can uh, see all the events we have coming up, including the Bridgewater Triangle event on November fifth and Fort Tabor on October twenty ninth. So grab your tickets for all those great events. Remember, use PayPal because PayPal allows you to use the Bill Me Later feature, and you can stretch out your payments over six months. So there you go. You don't have to pay for everything all at once. You can go to all these events and just stretch the payments out over six months. It's a good deal. I highly recommend right. it. And a lot of people think that you you have to have a PayPal account to use PayPal. Nope. You just you just choose your card. Use your card. We, you, you don't, don't, have, you you don't, don't use PayPal. Your... We use PayPal. That's that's how right. I try to explain it to people. So that's the best way to do it. All right, we're going to take a break for the news and we'll be back with more. Number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, broadcasting live on WBSM, streaming live on SpookySouthCoast.com and on YouTube as well, and also rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And coming up this week, I have been mentioning Face Your Fears Night, which is happening next Saturday night. You can come and explore... Historic Fort Adams with the Spooky Crew. Uh, just go to WBSM.com to get your tickets. But also this week, uh, on Tuesday, I will be at the Mattapoisett Public Library giving a presentation on the haunted history of Lizzie Borden. And that kicks off at 6.30 on Tuesday night at the Mattapoisett Public Library. If you want to come on out and hear me talk about the ghosts of Lizzie Borden, and uh, everybody else that haunts that house, we will do that. And, of course, we always have a great Q&A session after every presentation. It'll be multimedia. It'll be interesting. I'll play for you some clips. At least I hope it's interesting. Some of the clips that we've captured there over the years. And I really want everybody to come out and just come out and say hi. You know, I, I had a great crowd in New Bedford a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was the first time I've ever spoken at the New Bedford Library. I've been trying for years to get in there. They contacted me this year and said, you know, we'd like to get you to come in. I said, awesome. And I, I met some really cool people as a result of it. Some of them are listening right now. So thank you for coming on out and for listening. And if you want to come Tuesday night, it's going to be a slightly different talk. So there might be some of the same, you know, basic stuff at the beginning when I explain what a ghost could be. And you might hear some of the same Lizzie Borden evidence, but, you know, whatever. Come out anyway because I want to see you all again. I miss you. It's been a couple weeks. And uh, also, I, I got the chance to meet a gentleman, and, and I don't want to say too much because, you know, it was a private conversation, but he related to me a story about when he was younger, he had an accident, or he had, he had an issue, a health issue, he was in the hospital, and he saw into other rooms of the hospital 
while never leaving his bed. Basically, he des- he described remote viewing to me. Or out-of-body experience. This was, Same thing. Well, this was remote viewing because he was able to, with an, with an out-of-body experience, at least in the definitions that I've always read and, and I've always used myself, with an out-of-body experience, you can kind of turn around and look and see that you have left your body. And it's kind of like your physical... It's kind of like your spiritual self has left your physical form and gone into these other places. And I think with remote viewing, it's more just kind of envisioning, projecting your consciousness. So Not actually, but okay. Well, how is it different then? Well, with remote viewing, yes, you you actually wind up physic- seeing things in the 3D visual. Right, yeah, right. It's, but it's it's just kind of like you're projecting your consciousness into that room, and it's it's not like you know it's not like the silver strand that supposedly connects you from your body when you leave you if you want to get into that uh, that side of more it. More of a semantics. Type but if thing. it's not like that silver strand is going to extend, you know, with remote viewing, you're able to kind of and and the other thing about an out of body experiences, at least in again what I've read, an out of body experience kind of happens in I don't know if real time is the right phrase, no, but kind of in mean. our time. Yeah. But with remote viewing, you're not hampered by time, time and space. space. Yeah. You can kind of go all over the place. So it's just a matter of projecting your consciousness more than your spiritual self, if you want to put a distinction between the two. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, he told me that somebody came to him and said they were from the government, and they told him that they could help him make a pretty good living doing this for a living. I was like, do you know anything about this? He's like, no, that's just what they told me. I never really looked into it. I was like... You basically got asked to join MK Ultra, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, I don't really know that much about." It. And like, he seemed genuine. Like, did not. It wasn't like it was something he'd researched. I was coming and telling me a story. You know, he seemed like it was something. So I was like, "Oh, all these years that we never had Major Ed Dames on," because I was like, "This sounds ridiculous. We actually should have had him. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is possible." So you know, the, the, the point of my story is, you never know. Who are you going to meet at one of these things? Who's yeah. going to come and tell you a story? And now uh, who's going to come and tell you something that alters your perception and your view? So come on out Tuesday night if you're not doing anything. I don't know if they're serving refreshments. I don't think they are. They did in New Bedford. I didn't get any. <laughs> I said, can you just do me a favor and not clean those up until after I'm done talking with the people? But, you know, talking to the people takes precedence. And the next thing I know, all the ghost brownies are gone. And I didn't get any ghost brownies. So... Damn it. It happens. I, I mean, I guess I could have gotten the ghost brownies because I could have gotten the ones that disappeared. So, and speaking of, uh, of you know, publicity and publicizing things, this being October, you know, people turn their eyes to the paranormal world. People get into this stuff. Got contacted from uh, a couple of different newspapers and organizations that, you know, want to feature what we do or at least, at least get our perspective on some things. Uh, but the South Coast Insider has a, an article up on Spooky South Coast. It's in this month's edition of the magazine if you can go out there and get a copy of it. Uh, but also you can go to coastalmags.com. Coastal, C-O-A-S-T-A-L-M-A-G-S dot com. And, uh, just look for Spooky South Coast there and you'll find the story. It was written by Sean McCarthy, a colleague of mine from the Standard Times, uh, who you know did a fantastic story on us when the show first started ten years ago, and now here he is, you know, writing about us ten years later. And we didn't, we haven't really gotten a lot of press coverage in recent years. You know what I mean? We don't go out there looking for it either. You know, 
a smart marketing person would be contacting newspapers and and radio sta- uh, television stations and everything and say, hey, there's this radio show that talks about this stuff year-round, and it would make great Halloween. Co-. You know, but whatever. We're not really self-promoters. But when somebody comes to you and says, I'd like to write an article about you and talk about the things that you guys have accomplished with the show, that's, you know, that touches you a little bit to say, I guess we, we matter, you know, at least for people's entertainment on a Saturday night or whenever they listen to the podcast. So thank you guys for sticking around and doing this for all this time because you guys get paid way less than I do to do this. So. You get paid? What's what? No. <laughs> What's way less than nothing? But we do it for the love of it. We do it for the fact that we get an open microphone to come and talk about this stuff and explore the topic. For 10 years. And we've, look at the guests that we've had on this show. You know, some of the conversations that we've had, some of the unique and different stuff that we've done on this show that I don't think would ever, you could ever get away with on a regular, like, daytime talk show. You know, when we, and we don't even, like, run ideas by the station, which we probably <laughs> should most of the time with the stuff that we come up with, but we don't ever run anything by it. We just do it. And then... That drop in turkeys from a helicopter thing, though. That was... <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the Les Nessman quote? As God is my witness, I thought they could fly. fly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, some of the things that we've done, like... The live radio drama that we did, yeah. which, by the way... That, we should do another one. We really should. But we did that before they started doing a Christmas carol here on the station. But everybody makes a big deal about a Christmas carol. But people forgot about the fact that we did Possession of the Church here first. And uh, we had a big newspaper article about that, too. I, th- I think I think Sean might have written that one, too. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, we take chances. We take chances because we can. We take chances because we feel like we should. And we take chances because, quite frankly, if they fail spectacularly, like, we're okay with that too. We're like, we're not, we're, you know, we, we get mad and we get upset about it, but at least, you know, we're, we're happy that we were willing to try. the War of the Worlds one? That did. was a great one. You know, pulled off a, a hoax. That, you know, it was one thing to be able to get through, and you should go back and listen to this. It was, uh, what was it, Halloween of 2007 or 8? Yes. Yeah, Whatever year the show first fell on a Saturday night. Halloween fell on a Saturday night. It was our first time ever being on the air on Halloween. And we had talked about doing something for War of the Worlds, but we didn't really know how we were going to do it. And I think it was like the week before, we're like, let's start promoting it as we're going to tell spooky ghost stories. Yeah. Which we would never, ever do on the radio. Like, it's just cheesy and it's like we're not good enough storytellers to get away with spending two hours just telling you ghost stories on the air. But... You know, we'll get somebody like Lionel Fonthorpe to do it or somebody who can actually tell a story. Says the guy who does a stage show where he tells ghost stories. <laughs> but so the idea was, you know, we thought we could pull off this hoax. Or at the very least, we thought we could try to pull it off. We didn't think anybody was going to buy it. We were just hoping people would get the reference. And then it really just kind of all came together that morning. Yeah. And we started coming up with these ideas going back and forth and Moniz was making stuff up on the fly and Matt was making stuff up on the fly and, and we, we pulled it off to the point where people thought it was real. Like we were getting phone calls in, in the second hour when we started playing the original War of the Worlds. We were getting phone calls from people like asking if it was real. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. You know, like it's one thing to be able to, to fill an hour of, of radio with, you know, trying to pull off a hoax is another thing for it to actually work. 
So, and we'd always talked about that too. We were always like, we should try and pull off a hoax on the air, but would we lose credibility? And you know, we could have. I think Halloween, you kind of around yeah. that time, you you get yeah. like a free pass. We we did, I mean, but that was kind of also very early in our uh, spooky South Coast um, existence. So I think we were taking kind of a chance a little bit with the credibility because Moniz was coming up with coming up to us with the idea of doing a hoax like right at the beginning, and we were like four or five months in. He's like, we should we should try and do that because it was like some some uh, I think it was like a some sea serpent hoax yeah that had popped up around that time. And we're like, we should try and do one of those, and I was like, well, I don't think we have the cachet yet to do that. Now we could. Now we could. Now actually, if we tried to do it, they'd be like, oh, Spooky South Coast, they just pulled a hoax. We know these guys; they've done this before, but. I'm, I am pretty proud of some of the shows that we've done. I mean, some of the ones that have turned into, uh, you know, most downloaded episodes, people's favorites that you never thought would like have. The Backyard Podcast. Oh, The Backyard Podcast. <laughs> How did that even come about? That would, it was just an idea. You, you, you. It was the first time we were going to be kicked off the air for baseball. I remember that. Yeah. Or, or final. There was some sort of sporting event that was kicking us off the air. For, I think it was baseball because it was June. Mm. Was it? Yeah, it was yeah. June. So I think it was the first time that like a show, uh, a game started at like eight o'clock, and we knew that there was no chance we were going to get on the air. Yeah, it was like a double header or something. That, so we said, "This yeah. is going to be where we're going to try and do this in the backyard." And I don't know where the idea came up with to grill burgers and have booze while we did it. Uh, I think that was, was kind it, of organic. Was it a holiday at the time? Was it? Was like it? A, I don't know. Was like it like Labor Day? Fourth of July or something? Or? No. Mm. I thought it was in June. Maybe. I don't know. But I'll have to look. The we point, should, it was so long ago. But the point being, we just brought the food out and the booze happened to mm-hmm. be there and one thing leads to another. And Next thing you know, the grill's on fire <laughs> and we're getting all introspective and telling you know about our own experiences and getting eaten alive by mosquitoes and good thing we did that like pre zika and yeah. pre uh triple e and all that stuff uh but yeah go back and check that one out if you've never checked it out certainly always a fan favorite people ask us all the time when are you gonna do another one of those we did one for belanger's 40th birthday but the idea was that we were going to get drunk and record a podcast but we were surprisingly like we made sense and brought up a lot of valid points so it didn't have the same impact as the first backyard podcast one did. yeah there was a, there was a lot of editing that went into that. <laughs> I remember that, and it's it's certainly not edited for content. We didn't clean it up, but we had to edit it because there was a lot of like inaudible stuff that you couldn't understand, and like we would spend like ten minutes away from the microphone, and then like go back because <laughs> we just turned on the recording and just left it. Left right, because I think it was just, I think the real podcast was like four hours. Right, and we long. had we had the unedited version saved at some point. Like, we had the raw audio saved at one point. I don't know what happened to it, but I think I might have it on one of the early discs. You're talking to one of Blanchers? Or no, no, the, the, original, the original original Backyard oh, Podcast. We, I had the original audio saved, because I saved it just for posterity, just in case you know we ever had <laughs> a use for it. Uh, but that was... A lot of interesting stuff came out of that whole, that whole day, in terms of what we were talking about, because we covered... Everything. Yeah, I mean, we we really dug into the the our own, and there was that episode we did with Linda Lynch where she came in and interviewed us and talked to us about our own experiences. We've always been kind of hesitant to make the show about us, 
so to speak. But yeah, uh, there's been some episodes where we've done that. And just I'm just kind of going back in my mind down the the memory lane of some of the shows we've done. We remember we did that one. I think it was just Matt Costa and I. We did it in my house in the office. We did How Junior High is the Paranormal. Um, I remember of that show, but I don't exactly remember the show. I don't, I don't remember the details of it. I just remember, I believe that was also the night that uh, Danvers State Hospital was on fire. And Bozano oh, yeah. called yep. us with a live update. Uh, we had to like plug him over Skype, so we, we were like, "How do we do this? How do how do we how do we make a Skype phone call work?" Ball, I love Balzano. He's always the spooky South Coast standby, right? And the scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> He's always like the guy that we can be like, "Well, this was Balzano's idea. If it doesn't work out, and if it does work out, we'll take the credit." Um, but Wait, he was, he's in Florida. Whatever. Well, I, I believe it was Balzano's idea though to do the Roswell SmackDown, hmm. which was another one of our more popular episodes. The one where uh, Matt Moniz debated John Horrigan. They went round for round on the facts and the legend of the Roswell alien crash, which was all cleared up when we talked to the actual Roswell alien a few years later, Commander Sonny Sito. That's also one for the spooky South Coast. I was telling the story when I was uh, speaking to the New Bedford Library uh, when I said, you know, we're proud of the fact that we've only been hung up on twice. And only one time did we really deserve it. Like, and and by saying deserve it, I mean, you know, did we give the guest a reason to hang up? You know, the second time was when there was a certain author who wrote a book that he about a subject he knew nothing about. And when we started oh, calling him out yeah. on that, his phone mysteriously disconnected for a yeah. minute. And then we started talking crap about him on the air for hanging up on us. And that's when he called back. I don't know what happened. So, but yeah, that happened. But I see that's one thing that I would never ever do. I would never have somebody on just for the purpose of attacking them. I want to have them on to kind of explain their side of things. But I would never want to just attack someone. I heard an interview once with one of the the Boston sports radio shows where they got Rick Pitino to come on, the former coach of the Celtics, current coach of Louisville. They had him come on. He was promoting a book or something or other. And he comes on to promote this thing and the first thing they say to him is, you ruined the Celtics, you know, screw you, and then they hung up on him. Like, that's just unprofessional. That's terrible. And we would never do that. But we will hold you accountable if we have questions about what it is that you've done or what it is that you're out there selling or or trying to sell to the public anyway. So uh, if anybody would like to call in, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. See, people are uh, mentioning the uh, Commander Sani Sido episode in the chat room. <laughs> it is that legendary. We also have uh, coming up the new show with uh, Amy Bruni and Adam Berry uh, coming to TLC called Kindred Spirits. That'll be coming up. And that's a show that deals with cases of people that are haunted by family members. And Moniz, I know you've dealt with that quite a bit in your career. You've had a lot of cases. I've got two cases I'd like to give uh, them right now. But you've dealt with it a lot over the years yes. where it's it's a f- kind of a frequent yes. occurrence. Yes. It's probably, I would say, it's probably more common to be haunted by a family member than by a complete stranger. And I don't mean haunted in a way that, you know, it's it's unnerving and it puts you off, but to have frequent activity and frequent visitation. One of the most common reports, uh, a lot of people call it a crisis haunting. And so, so that 
that's nothing new. There's reports of that that go back in history. So, and you've had it happen to you. You've I had, had visitations. It personally, happened to me. Yes, I've had it happen. I've, you know, I've had uh, experiences with family members, but they were brief. You know, it was never anything that was prolonged over a period of time. Right. You know, it was usually my grandmother would come to me in dreams, and but I would kind of count that as part of it. And uh, and then there was one time I saw my grandfather sitting in the chair. But I, I wrote about the story in uh, in Haunted Objects, but I'll just tell it briefly on the air. My grandparents' house, after they had passed away, my cousin was living in the house, and, and there was a fire, and the whole house burned down. And when we went to go try and salvage whatever we could, my grandfather had this ugly plastic flamingo in the garden that he kept out there that everybody hated and always told him to get rid of it, but he kept it out there anyway. And the flames from the fire had melted the flamingo into like just this pink pile of goo on a metal rod. So I was able to salvage the chair from his workshop in the basement where he used to sit and spend hours every day, you know, working, woodworking, whittling, stoking the fire, whatever he was doing. So I was able to salvage the chair. I brought that to at the time I was living in my parents' basement and I was in college at the time. So I put the the chair in the basement and I put the melted pink, pink flamingo in the basement where I where I lived. And I woke up one night and I look in the chair and my grandfather's sitting in the chair. And I just kind of shake my head and think of it as I'm so used to seeing him there that I would expect to see him there. And then the second night, it happens again. And I, I think the second night he shook his head at me. And then the third night that happened, he pointed, and these were literally three nights in a row, he pointed to the pink flamingo, like as if to say, Get that out of right here. Yeah. And so I literally went outside at like 3 o'clock in the morning and took that thing and hucked it into the woods, <laughs> never to be seen again. And I, I never saw my grandfather again after that. So, you know, it's one of those things where it, it does happen. But for some families, it's happening on a prolonged basis. It's happening again and again. So we're going to try and hook up with Amy and Adam. I think we're going to record a podcast with them. I know that they wanted to come in and do it live. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to do We wouldn't be able to do that till like November. But... If they want to come in here and do like a pre-recorded show that we can air in our absence during some of these events, uh, we could certainly do that. We could also record the video. And Matt, can we program videos to run at a certain time on YouTube? Um, now that we no, have the thousand subscribers, sure. we should be able to do whatever we want. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing. No, I'll have to look into that. Maybe there's some uh, some options that are available now. We, yeah, we might have new opportunities, hmm. or we could just uh, have somebody run it for us. I'm just reading some of the chat room stuff, seeing if anything pops up. So, if anybody would like to call in, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in and share whatever is on your mind from a paranormal nature. I, I told you guys about the woman who called me up on Saturday morning last week and told me that she could never vote for Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton said that when she was in the White House, she talked to the ghost of Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay. Yeah, huh? I remember you telling me that, yeah. Yeah, she, she told me, she's like, I could never vote for Hillary Clinton because she said she spent eight years in the White House talking to the ghost of Eleanor Roosevelt. I'm like, so you wouldn't vote for her because she talks to ghosts? And she's like, yeah, that's crazy. It's ridiculous. I was like, ma'am, I talk to ghosts. Don't you listen to Spooky South Ghosts, you know? But... That's the way that some people feel. And, and it's, it's funny because even this time of year, like, everybody's into it. Everybody oh, wants to be stories I thought she was it. actually talking to Eleanor Roosevelt. 
I mean, you've got the ghost of Lincoln there, too. Well, I mean, you shouldn't, you know. I think it's whatever ghost you know, comes and wants to talk to you. You know, if I was there, I would hope that it would be Lincoln that would come and talk to me. But with my luck, probably I mean, like... Taft or something. Yeah, William Henry Harrison or something. <laughs> Rutherford B. Hayes. I'm like, can I, can I get an A-list president, please? Damn it, please? Van Buren. <laughs> Leave me alone, Martin. Yeah, Leave me alone, Martin Van Buren. Go away, Millard Fillmore. Let's... Who are some? There's, there's got to be some even more obscure presidents. Oh, I'm sure. Zachary Tyler, leave yeah. me alone, Zachary Tyler. Right. He was the guy that was only president for a month, right? Yeah, uh, he died of um, pneumonia or something. Yeah, he like caught pneumonia yeah, at the inauguration. Which one was? Uh, he uh, cherries with milk and died. Which one was that? I, I thought can't... that was Zachary Taylor. You can't eat cherries of milk? Supposedly. Well, I don't know. That's what they, they were attributing it to, but I think uh, they were Probably like... choked on a cherry were, they, were, they were saying he, he was the first uh, president to get assassinated. Oh, yeah, because it was suspicious how he Suspe- died. Yeah, yeah. Was, they, they were saying it was a poison. Well, didn't Harry Truman die yeah. from eating Pop Rocks and soda? Was <laughs> no, that's, that's totally not true. Remember, we did that I on can, the air. We, did, we did that on air. We did a live experiment where we, we did Pop Rocks and soda you on You almost air. died. Yeah. I almost died. I think so. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Do, do we have an ambulance stationed outside just in case? Um, I, I dialed nine and one, and then my just, my finger was hovering over the other, the other one. one. It's like when you go to the high school football game, they always have the uh, ambulance sitting outside just in case anybody gets hurt. Exactly. That's how we did it for the Pop Rocks and Soda. We live dangerously here. We do. Madonna Diamond said she likes Miller <laughs> Risk <more>. takers. <laughs> I don't even have a case on my phone. Neither does Moniz. You are you are getting you are getting nuts. Living on the edge. Living <laughs> on the edge. It's funny because I went OtterBox. Yeah. And you've gone no case at all. Nothing. You better get a case before next Saturday <laughs> night. We're going to be. It says right here in the promo. I'm, I'm just hoping treacherous to, terrain. I'm hoping to break my phone. Then uh, then I have an excuse to buy a new one. You you could definitely not go play Pokemon Go at Ford Phoenix, <laughs> crawling on the rocks without a case on your phone, because right. you will drop it. Which, by the way, I was there earlier today. It was a nice day out, too. Like, really nice weather. Far less people out there playing the game. There is a paranormal version of, well, a, a, a game like Pokemon Go that's coming out that'll be a paranormal story, where you'll walk around and things will actually appear on the camera next to you. It was actually the Ghostbusters game that they no longer have out there that was the first one to start incorporating this stuff. Hmm. The augmented reality. So, the paranormal usually isn't kind of the forefront of some of this technology. Like, for example, Discovery Channel has a great VR app for virtual reality for your phone and one of the things they have is a ghost asylum ghost hunt. Which wasn't I saying when we got when I got the VR thing. I was like, we should do one of these. And now we know how to do it. We just need like 75 more GoPro cameras <laughs> to be able to do How many do you need to put in a row to capture 360? Is it like six or eight? Um, I'm not sure. I saw it, a couple of videos on YouTube. But you just put them around mm-hmm. in a... In a and I, I saw this thing the other day, which at uh, at, at the pharmacy they had this Halloween costume thing. It's, it's you know, like the thing they put on your head when you... Uh, going for uh, the the electric chair Mm -hmm. and it has like the lights all around it and everything and you press the button and it like goes I was like I'm totally buying that and just wearing it to the show but I was (laughs) like we could also put GoPro cameras on it too so we could get a 360 degree experience of the show 
Would anybody want that? I don't know. Nobody's. That was, that was not a rhetorical question. <laughs> oh, I was right. asking. I was asking you guys if you actually thought. Would anybody want that? Hmm. I really have to think about that. <laughs> I'm 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 just doing what's called the stretch here. Uh, we, we didn't plan the show very well. Uh, we originally had. I How's thought we were going to have a from ghost. Other shows. I thought we were going to have a guest though this one because uh, it was the last live show of October. But nope. So. We will just uh, forge ahead. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Moniz, I know you weren't here last week when we announced the Bridgewater investigation that we're doing uh, on November 5th. But let me tell you about this now because I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it yet. I've read something about it. The 1662 Reverend James Keith House, the Bridgewater Historical Society building, which was built in 1900, 1901, I forget, which is three levels and has artifacts in it from the era of King Philip's War. The Old Cemetery, which has members of the Keith family buried, and War Memorial Park, which has Pulpit Rock, which is where the Reverend James Keith gave his first sermons when he moved to Bridgewater. Uh, you know, you've probably been to War Memorial Park and just don't yeah. even know it. You know you know where Betancourt's is? Yes. This is like a bus right to the back yeah. of Betancourt's. So it's going to be an awesome night. Four different locations. Uh, there's going to be three levels of the Historical Society building, including the basement, which is loaded with archives, uh, where you can kind of just poke around and see what pops up. There's going to be, you know, the Keith House, which, again... This thing is from 1662. It looks like it's from 1662. There's artifacts in there that are that old. And uh, it's a really cool place. We had uh, Melody and Mindy. They were stationed there last week as part of the Bridgewater Triangle show. And they caught a cool mist, a pretty cool mist in there. Some of the stuff has been rolling through from the Triangle show. Some people have been posting some things, but... You know, it'll take a little while before we're able to kind of uh, amalgamate it all together. Uh, How are we going to get people at the different places? People are going to have to transport themselves from one to the next. Uh, it's a, it's about a half a mile between each spot at the most. So it's not it's not a distance that you can walk. You could walk, but just in the interest of time, because we only have so much time in each spot, you know, people are going to have to drive. So we'll probably just kind of carpool, you know, four people get into a car and just drive to the next spot. It'll take you like two minutes to drive from one spot to the next. And there should be enough parking around each place for us to be able to pull it off. So I've been working very diligently with the Historical Society to make sure that we can pull this off without a hitch. They actually got us access to a field next to the Historical Society building for everybody's parking for the night. And then we'll just use a couple of vehicles to kind of move everybody around. So it should work out. All right. Well, we hope. But it will, there will be a lot of walking. There will be some time outdoors. So keep that in mind before you purchase your ticket, which you can do so by going to SpookySouthCoast.com. And, uh, and again, but I'm excited for this Fort Adams thing next weekend because, like I said, I have not investigated there yet. I haven't even visited there yet. We're going to go, obviously, ahead of time and get the lay of the land and have an idea of what it is that we'll be exploring. But it's going to be awesome just getting to explore and have all access, really. So if you want to join us for that one, you can get tickets at WBSM.com. I haven't even asked you what, because I know you're all over the place, Moniz, over the <laughs> yeah. next couple of weeks. I know you're not going to be around on the 22nd, right? I thought you were going on uh, on, on a trip on the 22nd. This this month? Yes. No, I am. I thought you were uh, taking down some, some wild boar that weekend. No. Okay. So no. the the 22nd will be at the Haunted Victorian. Yep. 
the SK Pierce Mansion, the 29th, Fort Tabor. That's the one uh, I may have an issue with. All right. And then November 5th, of course, is the Bridgewater Triangle one. Yeah, because i got to do the Parowine up in Salem. The who? Uh, it's a UFO event okay. that I agreed to do months ago. Is it uh, is it a convention? Is there going to be... Uh, yeah, it's a series of UFO people up in uh, Salem. I'll, I'll get you the details. Yeah, yeah, so we can let everybody know about it on the show. Uh, the... I get to be in Salem twice next year with Salem Con, and then as part of the Strange Escapes cruise, cruise uh, next year they're starting it off in Salem, and people are already like asking me. They're sending me messages on Facebook. Hey, how far is Salem from the South Coast? I want to check out some of these places that you guys talk about on the show. It's not that far. It's about two hours. Yeah, and it's only two hours because and it takes it's a, forever to get to Salem. And I was gonna say, if it's on a weekend, it's probably a lot easier to get up there. Right. Uh. Salem Con, I go every year on a Friday afternoon. Oh. I don't know why I don't just take the day off and go earlier. I'm like, come on, yeah, come on! You got to go through the whole tunnel and all that stuff, and yep. oh, shh. terrible. Uh, but uh, certainly, we would love to see you at some of these events uh, again. WBSM.com if you want to get the Fort Adams tickets, and then SpookySouthCoast.com for all the rest of them. The as we as we go into Halloween season, there's a lot of these different events that happen. There's a lot of different ghost hunts. There's a lot of different lectures that are out there. I mean, you could probably find something to do every night. Like Jeff Belanger is out every night somewhere during the course of October. You could probably go and just follow him around and have something every night. But there's something every single night of the week happening somewhere. Nope, you're right. It is the 22nd that I'm not going to be around. That's apparently that's the problem with us. We got so many different things going on. That's that's why we have calendar apps on our phones because otherwise we would never know what it was. <laughs> I just remember seeing him post something about it. I, I just knew I was like, oh, that's one of the dates that we have an event. Keep that in the back of my mind. Uh, but uh, it, that's all right because we actually have strict fire codes for that night. So we were we were worried about being won over. So now we won't be. Because the fire codes have apparently changed, because we used to have 40 people in that house, and now we can only have 20. Which makes for a much more intimate investigation, anyway. These guys aren't even listening to me anymore. They're all just playing with their phones. Well, I just, re- I just posted like, what I got on my thing, just so they're like, nope, able to connect. Nope, the chat room is listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> the faithful chat room. Well, why don't we actually take a break, because I have some breaks that I have to run. So we will do that. We'll come back with more and your calls as well. 508-996-0500. Back in just a few moments here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. And we have a, a special caller on the line. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Can we have your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, should I give my real name? <laughs> uh, no. no. You, sh- you should have known I was going to say that. I figured you would. You guys sounded like you missed me, so I figured I'd call in and entertain you. Well, uh, you know, we are we are in the stretch portion of the show, so thank you for calling in. I'm going to eat yeah. chips at the microphone like they're gummy bears. Oh, that was a Uh-oh. veiled shot, a not-so-veiled shot. Would you like oh, me to bring? I actually brought these because I wanted you to smell the bag. Me or Seriously? Stephanie? Stephanie. That's not creepy at all. What do you mean? It's um, it's loaded chili cheese dog. 
which you can see on Bedford's homepage. All right. You can see the picture on our Instagram account. You Instagrammed a picture of the chips? Mm-hmm. We All right, I'll have to go check that out then. Wise is a local brand. All right, I'm trying to get a response. Yeah, we, I was going to say, Either we should really get a response. 7-Eleven, Wise, if you're listening. But, see, Moniz, you, you missed the show last week. We had the green screen in. Okay. And uh, I had gone and gotten a bunch of food, pizza and wings, from 7-Eleven uh, for us to eat. Because apparently we were going to have like a cast of thousands in here at one point. But then it just dwindled down to myself and Matt and Stephanie. And so Matt green screened me into 7-Eleven. So that's where we were doing the show from. Okay. And it was awesome. It kind of looks a little boring and empty tonight. Yeah, it's not the same without it, but we're lucky we can just get this stuff working. <laughs> so we were happy just to have it start off. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, we, you know, next Saturday night is going to be Fort Adams, and I'll ask you guys, ask the guys, have you ever been there? I actually have not been there, or at least inside. I've been outside and, you know, by the water. It's a beautiful, beautiful sight during the daytime. Um especially, you know, around this time of year. So I've definitely walked around the outside, but I haven't been on the inside. I'm really, really excited to go. I do. Th- oh, and uh, and, uh, and it looks like we might have a, a special visitor coming down. Uh, it looks like Jimmy from the chat room might be making I did see trip, that. So. That would be awesome. And, uh, oh, I spent some time with him on the cruise. Great guy. Uh, you know, that's what's great about these events that we do is we get to meet a lot of cool people and hang out with a lot of cool people. So it's like, it's kind of like a big, you know, family reunion when we have an event. Which is great. And that's what I love the most about our, all of our events, really. We meet so many people and they become kind of like family. We get to know them and, you know, through social media, especially everybody follows each other and it develops great relationships, great, you know, friendships with people and, and even group dynamics, you know, them going out and investigating on their own because they met at um, our event. I mean, I'm pretty excited for next week because uh, I think that, you know, it's going to be one of those things where sometimes when you're investigating for the first time, and I know that other people have investigated there numerous times, but sometimes when it's your first investigation, you know, it can kind of uh, help amplify things and help uh you know bring draw some more things out and so not only will it be a first time for a lot of the people who are attending but it will be a first for the spooky crew as well and i think that that kind of helps lend into some of the excitement so that we're not kind of going in there with expectations of wanting the same things to happen that have happened on previous trips or you know trying to draw out repeats of the same activity but just going in there with a fresh perspective and and the idea that anything could happen I agree, especially with the history. Um, from what I've heard, the history is pretty amazing there, so I'm really excited for it. I can't wait. I haven't been, Matt Costa, to Newport since uh, I went with you one time, right? Um, we went one time. I don't know, did we? I, or maybe it was some other friends of mine. Maybe it was like way back like in high school times. Uh, wow. and I, know, I know I went one time with Matt's cousin. Briefly, Maybe. just long enough for him to get a tattoo, and I had to sit there and wait while he got a tattoo. This is before he get a tattoo in Massachusetts, so I had to wait. Did, you never went to Highlight with me? I never took you. No, to no. Oh man, those uh, Monies. You must have gone to Highlight. I heard it was oh, all yeah, rigged anyway. It's easy to rig, so I wouldn't be surprised. But Highlight was the it was the it was my jam back in the day. I used to love to go there. They had some good food at the place. I, I don't know if I ever ate there, but uh, I certainly enjoyed the highlight. I, I never gambled. I'm not a gambler, but I just sat there and watched highlight. I was like just watching these people beat the crap out of each other over this little <laughs> tiny ball. I don't think they have that anymore, but if they did, yeah. totally total side trip before the event. Stephanie, if you don't know, highlight is very similar to Quidditch. 
Yeah. Is it? Think about it. Is, is it really? I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know there's like a little. There's flying brooms. I guess the, it's it's the ball is kind of like a, a golden snitch. I'm gonna say if there's one case no brooms involved, I'm ditching you guys. You guys can go to Fort Adams alone. But uh, and of course. Uh, one of the great things about Newport too is, you know, it's known for its seafaring culture, and uh, and I think a lot of that will be into play. So as you know, Stephanie, when you go to a location, it's not always just about those who died there that you might encounter. It could be anybody that's passed through, you know, that port in all of these years. And at one point, I know it was a spot where a lot of uh, slave ships came in, and there was a lot of that aspect of the history. And there was, uh, you know, all of the wealthy families, of course, that built the mansions in Newport. So it's certainly a town that has a a rich and diverse history. They actually have a really rich pirate history as well. Well, well that's good because uh, I pirate things all the time. I pirate movies and music, so I'll fit <laughs> right in. They have everything. I mean, if you've ever taken a, a day trip to Newport and walked around the shops, and, and if you're a huge nerd like me, um, I probably have a ridiculous amount of Newport books. Um, but they have so much going on just, you know, that entire area, so much history, so many stories, so many urban legends. And the history and the, the energy down at Fort Adams is crazy. So it should be very interesting. Yeah, I just as long as I know where there's a McDonald's afterwards, because, you know, you, you, you always get hungry after an after oh, event. I am with you because I have a McDonald's problem. So, <laughs> Well, the, the one thing that uh, I'm looking forward to about it is, again, the fact that we get to hang out with people that we haven't seen for a while. You'll get to meet Jimmy for the first time. I know you guys are going to love each other. All you guys will get to meet him for the first time. Great guy. And, uh, and of course, there's always new friends to be made as well. Oh, absolutely. Why don't, um, we should let everybody know where to get tickets because there was a little bit of confusion in the chat room earlier. Right. The the Fort Adams event, it's a Face Your Fears night. It's being done through the radio station, which we're still running the event. It's still going to be run just like we do all of our events. You know, you're going to get some food. You're going to have snacks and drinks during the night. You're going to have the ability to uh, investigate all these locations in smaller groups. Uh, so we're going to do it the same way that we always do things, but it's just being run through the radio station. So it's Face Your Fears night, and you can buy the tickets on WBS. SM.com or on fun107.com, either one of the two station websites, you can buy your tickets for this event and certainly get, and, and when you do buy them, just be aware, you know, they're, they're $99 as with most of our events, uh, but because this is for the station, there's also a little bit of a service charge as well, but that's all right. You know, it's still going to be well worth your money. Just get your tickets as soon as you can because uh, I'm afraid they might run out. We set this for a little bit lower than we did last year at last year's event. Last year's event sold out pretty quickly. So hopefully people can get on there and get their tickets sooner rather than later. And then all the rest of the events will all be are all for sale on SpookySouthCoast.com. If you go to the events page there, that's where you can get tickets to our Fort Tabor event and to our uh, – Bridgewater Triangle event as well. Those are both up for sale on the Spooky South Coast page. So hopefully that kind of clarifies things. And, and I know that, Matt, did you say that uh, the Face Your Fears Night event is added to our calendar? Um, I can add it there. All right, yeah, yeah just add it there and put a link there to their page so that, that way there hopefully it will yeah, make definitely. it easier for everybody. I put it up on our Facebook page, so it is available. And the other thing, too, is you know if you are planning on attending the Face Your Fears Night event, if you buy your tickets sooner rather than later as well, that helps us with, like, the food count and all of that stuff, too, to make sure that we have enough for everybody. And we're not kind of scrambling on the day of to make sure that we have enough pizzas or, or what have you. 
because we got to make sure that we, not only do we have enough pizzas, right. but we want to have enough pizzas for you to grab some a little bit later on as well. We make sure everybody's yeah. fed. Fed, and then right. that you can grab a piece at eleven thirty. It makes for a better uh, a better ghost hunt if everybody. I agree. Uh, and the, if the blood sugars are at a your stomach level. is full and your uh, stomach is gurgling by the time we start investigating. Yeah, plenty of demons for EVPs. <laughs> yes, you have to. If you don't have pizza before the ghost hunt, how can I do my fart joke during the uh, <laughs> during the warnings and disclaimers section? And I will do my fart joke. I actually do it now in the library lectures because I, I, it gets requested. That is awesome. Somebody actually asked me at the New Better for Lecture, are you going to do the fart joke? No like, way. If you want me to. And they brought it up at the uh, the Murdoch-Whitney house. So somebody came up to me and said, listen, I have my, my son here and you, you need to do the fart joke. So now I have to I every time. I don't think I've ever heard the fart joke. Yes, you have. You've heard it before. When I, I start talking so. about what happens when you hold it in during the investigation. It's not ringing a bell. I might have to. Well, it wouldn't be a bell that'd be ringing. <laughs> but uh, don't worry. You'll, you'll get to. taco. You'll get to hear the joke and the basis for it both next Saturday night. And Great. every Saturday night for the next month. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to. You're stuck with me. We're going to be eating a lot of pizza. And I can't wait for it. Oh, um, people are asking if I'm doing readings at the event. Do we have an answer about that yet? Tim? I do not have an, uh, an answer on that yet. Okay. But we will have one uh, this week. Awesome. We had uh, f- crazy things going on here. They had Jeff Musil this week and all kinds of crazy things going on here. I did see that. So I will get an answer on that, and uh, we'll try and get it going as soon as Monday. We'll, we'll have an answer one way or the other. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for calling in. Thank you. Even though I, I know you that guys you, were, you were kept out of the studio tonight, but that's all right because now you don't have to show up for like the next five or six weeks. I know. I, I have it off. I'm on vacation. So are you. <laughs> but well, I don't. We got to figure something out for some recorded shows. So don't yes, be afraid. Do. Don't be afraid to answer the phone if you see that it's me calling. Sounds great. All right. You have a good night. All right. You too. Thanks. And uh, everybody out there, uh, we are just about out of time again. If you want to get tickets for next Saturday night. WBSM.com. That's where to go to get the Fort Adams tickets. Everything else on SpookySouthCoast.com. And probably by the time you're hearing this podcast, Matt will have everything linked up to the calendar on SpookySouthCoast.com. But don't wait. Get those tickets now because, uh, like I said, last year's event did sell out, and we expect that the same will probably happen this year, especially where you know we're not getting any hurricanes or anything. So we should be good to go next Saturday night when we go to Fort Adams. But for the rest of you who aren't going to come out to the event, stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com. We'll have information about the next live show as well as if we get the chance come in here and do some recorded shows. The Red Sox are in the playoffs technically right now. We'll see what happens over the next two games. So that could alter some things here on the radio as well. Well, that does it for this week's show. For Matt, for Matt, for Chris, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all out there to stay spooktacular.